Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Port Charles 411, part two of the 1980s. Part three of the Allen series. Today we are picking up where we left off last week. Last week we ended 1982. So on Monday's episode, when we announced what we were doing this week, we got those dates wrong because we had intentionally, initially wanted to do the first half of the 80s and then the second half of the 80s. He was really busy. He in was. The beginning of the 80s. He was. I feel like we'll make up for it in the end though, because towards the end of the 80s, I don't think he was quite as busy. Yeah. So today we're going to pick up in 1983 and see where it takes us. Yay. So last week we ended with AJ had just been born. No, Susan, Susan had just had Jason. Yes. Recently. So at the beginning of January is when Jimmy Lee Holt had showed up and Alan saw that birthmark that identified him as a quarter main. Mm -hmm. And you can go listen to all that fun stuff on our episode about Jimmy Lee. Then Monica, Allen, and Edward are puzzled to receive an invitation for a meeting with Susan at the cottage. The cues arrived at Susan's, and she dropped a bombshell just as Jimmy Lee showed up, too. Susan tells them that Lila is living a bigamist marriage to Edward. She never divorced Crane Tolliver, and poor Lila nearly faints. And again, this is a lot of the stuff that we talked about with Jimmy Lee, but Monica finds Alan with his gun and she orders him to put it away. And Lila, Edward, and Monica hire a PI to find Crane Tolliver. And in February is when everyone wishes that Susan was dead because she was blackmailing them. And she had like this 10 p.m. Did- deadline with the quarter mains that they had to 
give her money or she was going to tell everybody. So Monica, Allen, and Edward all sneak away for a few hours on their own and Grant arrived and he had just missed all three of them. Rick sees Allen departing the ER at 8.50 and while Susan draws a bath, Heather slips into the cottage and goes upstairs. Sensing someone is behind her, Susan turns around. A shot rings out and Susan is dead. Rick and Leslie and Alice are at Kelly's discussing Susan's state of mind because she was definitely going down a really dark path. And Heather runs downstairs, dropping her purse, and she retrieves everything but her lipstick that fell into the corner. Edward, Allen, and Monica sneak back into the mansion separately, and Jackie Templeton arrives. We also talked about this when we talked about Jackie. Yes. So we're not going to go into full Susan Moore murder, but the Quartermains arrive shortly after, and Allen notices his gun, the one that Monica got all mad about, Mm -hmm. is on the floor. Alan and Monica are in bed discussing Susan's murder. So again, I forgot to mention this before. I just used Curly Q Girl to do a lot of this because there wasn't a whole lot of dated things. And I would have had to have been watching the entire Susan Moore murder just to pick out this. And I want to. But that's not where we are now. Can't do it right now. No. Alan, Monica, and Edward are all jumpy waiting for their time. Cops will find the murder weapon was Alan's gun. And eavesdropping, Heather overhears Ramsey say to Robert that it was Alan's gun found by the body. And Robert grills Alan. And then Robert shocks Alan with the news that his gun was the one that was used to kill Susan. Do you think that's why Heather doesn't wear a lot of makeup? She doesn't want to lose another lipstick too Ooh, when she's killing maybe, people? Maybe, maybe. She's never all dolled up. I mean, she always looks good, mm. but she's never all whatever. Yeah. Learn from your past murders. Don't take the but lipstick. But she's not the one who did it. But I'm sure somewhere in here she's accused of it because I'm of sure. lipstick. So we will, we'll have to just do that whole thing. That was like Clue. Yes. Yes. Let's play Clue. Stella tells Robert that Scotty had access to Alan's gun when he came to the mansion. And Holly is helping Robert with the case. Robert was impressed with her keen observations. <laughs> and Alan, Edward, and Monica bicker over who <laughs> shot Susan. So they all thought that each other was guilty. I love that that's the kind of family they are, though. It's not... They're like, we know one of you did it. <laughs> None of us did it. It's just, I swear, it's not me. Go ask them. Right. Quartermains were besieged by reporters and finally agreed to grant Jackie the exclusive. Confronting Alan with questions like Scotty's murdering Susan, Jackie is handed bland and vague answers. Robert later grills them, but again gets the runaround. And Heather tells Scotty that the note is missing. What note? And Alan allows... Alice to take com- temporary custody of Jason. Oh, hmm. that's not nice. I mean, well, I guess he was is. doing what was best for. That's so sad. Yeah. All right. So Alan, this is March. Alan and Monica are the first to arrive at Roberts. Robert brings up the topic of blackmail, repeating the tale of Lila's affair with Arthur Chesler, which is Tolliver. The cues relate to the personal family issue and say it had nothing to do with the murder. When they leave, Robert activates his computer. I like how that says that. Activates his computer and learns to his astonishment that Lila's marriage, Lila's married name was Tolliver. And wasn't this in his flat, like his studio apartment? So like he had a huge room. I was going to say in the hidden room that they snuck into. Yeah. He tells Ramsey that Lila's marriage to Crane is an open invitation to murder. Dun, dun, dun. Monica is furious to learn from Robert that Heather is accusing her of murder. Like, Monica would never do that. She just has affairs. She doesn't kill people. Not yet. (laughs) McHugh's house is in chaos. Robert is in the cellar and finds the bullet-ridden pitcher. Alan admits it was used only as a stress reliever. Oh, so don't leave your bullet-ridden pitchers around because that might get you in trouble. I know. And not in your basement. 
<laughs> Go to a shooting range. <laughs> or in the middle of the woods. Here's a new 411 on top of it. <laughs> Where to get your stress out. Oh, by the way, Max started his little how to survive. <gasps> yeah, oh. his first one was how to survive. A fall down the stairs? Yeah. Oh, no. I think it was. I'm going to be stressed out. I'm almost out. positive. I can't watch that. I'm like, don't get hurt. He fell down the stairs at the playground. Like, it was cute. Yeah. Okay, back to this. <laughs> Max, now you can help people figure out where to do their target shooting. Don't leave pictures shot up in your basement. Anyway, <laughs> he never intended... How to, to survive a murder charge in General go. Hospital. Yes. <laughs> he never intended to shoot her for real. Bert learns from Rick that Alan left the hospital early the night of the murder, and Robert learns that Tolliver was in jail the night of the murder. Robert finally gets Alan to crack. Alan and Monica read the scandalous headlines in the morning paper. Why hasn't Monica Quartermain been arrested for murder? Against hospital procedure, Monica holds an impromptu press conference denying any truth to the rumor on the PC Herald slandering her in the murder. She turns the tables on Heather, calling her a pathological liar. Hmm. I'm sure that wasn't the first or last time she was called that. The rest of the month goes over a lot of what we talked about during all the Jimmy Lee stuff with the party and the future tidbit, further tidbits about Susan Moore's investigation and Tolliver dying. Tolliver dying. Oh my gosh, I can't read again this week. Tolliver dying, etc. I guess I can handle that. In April, Alan tells Lila that he has a surprise for everyone later on. Monica walks in and finds Alan playing with Jason and AJ. Monica is horrified to find both children together. For some reason, Rick doesn't show up to his clinic to open it, so Alan and Monica arrive wanting to lend a hand. This is where everything got real. You just had to pick and choose because yeah. you didn't want to be yeah. in the middle. But I think stuff. it was yeah. significant that Alan and Monica... Right, were there together. Yeah. And then in May, Alan and AJ are at the Quartermain house. And then in June, Alan tells Monica he is going to get Jason back from Alice. Monica argues with Alan that she will not allow that bastard in her house. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not cool, Monica. No. Listening to Jake. Again, please get a baby book. There are thousands of names we don't <laughs> need to have. Which Jake? <sighs> Listening to Jake plead Alice's case, Alan surprisingly suggests that for now, things can remain the same. Probably because it was going to be more Right. He's trying stable. to think of Jason. Yes. There is a hostage crisis in the hospital cafeteria after Monica loses a patient, the wife, the wife of a man named Mr. Larrick. Once the situation is over, Monica arrives home. Oh, so Mr. Larrick held her hostage. Got it. Once the situation was over, it reminded me of Grey's Anatomy when that guy went around and killed everybody. Yeah. And I was like, psycho! That was a scary episode. Once the situation is over, Monica arrives home and Edward and Lila go up to bed, leaving Alan and Monica alone together. Alan comforts his wife and tells her how much she means to him and that he could never bear to lose her. Not for anything. Not even for Jason. Ugh. I don't like that. Go ahead. He promises to get someone to care for Jason. Uh, spoiler alert. It works out. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for reassuring me. In case you don't watch the show now, <laughs> know that Monica kind of likes Jason. Like, it, it works out. <laughs> hey, by the way, in Titanic, it sinks. So he <laughs> promises to get someone to care for Jason, and he doesn't want to worry about it. He tells her that he has never lived with Jason, but he knows he can never bear to live without her. 
Alice is frightened. She confides in Leslie. And even with Alan's assistance, she's afraid that she will not get custody of Jason. Trying to calm the woman, Leslie gives Alice some aspirin. Alice drops off Jason at the cottage and goes to the Quartermains. It's wonderful news for Alice to hear that Alan will try and help her get custody of Jason. As she goes to kiss him for thanks, she collapses and is whisked away to GH. Tracking down Heather in Brock's office, Bobby informs him of Alice's serious condition. And this is when, remember when Jimmy Lee was fighting for custody? Mm-hmm. I think that this was the other side of it. Okay, that makes sense. Scotty joins Heather in her vigil at the hospital. Within hours, Leslie and Alan have to tell Heather the news. Alice has died. She died of a brain aneurysm and nothing could have prevented it. Stunned, Heather sits by herself and makes up her mind. She will do exactly what her mother would have wanted to raise Jason herself. Could you imagine if Jason had been raised by Heather Weber? Alice had many friends and a whole group stop by the cottage after the funeral. At Heather's request, Jake reads Alice's will out loud. Heather wants everyone to know how much her mother loved her. In addition to bequeathing her estate to Heather, Alice requested that her daughter take custody of Jason, if possible. Although Alan finally understands all the reasons why taking an illegitimate child would be unfair to everyone, he and Monica have got to keep that baby out of Heather's clutches. Thank Uh you. Scotty proposes to Heather, but she turns him down because she thinks he just wants her money as he did with Susan. Exactly. Heather's not stupid. Come on. No, she's, she's really not. She's crazy, but she's not stupid. Heather reads a story about kidnapping children and extortion. She gets an idea and begins clipping words out of the magazine. Alan stops by and is worried about the kidnapping threats. Heather has him completely fooled. Monica and Alan argue at the park over his wanting to bring Jason into the mansion. Alan calls Heather and she puts on one of her concerned acts for him. Alan rushes over and Alan wants Heather to move into the gatehouse on the Q property. We need to do the residence of the gatehouse. Monica is furious with Alan for allowing Heather to live at the gatehouse. And I put together, it's just like how Willow moved to the gatehouse for safety, except for Willow is totally not Heather Weber. (laughs) That is very true. (laughs) Alan gets Robert's advice on dealing with the kidnapping threats to Jason. And then in August, Alan plays with Jason as Monica fumes and vows to get rid of Heather. Well, I'm glad she's focusing on Heather now and not Jason. Like she's right. not about Heather, not Jason. So in September, Heather has Jimmy Lee babysit Jason. He takes Jason to work with him. Naturally, Heather returns home to find the baby missing just as the welfare worker shows up at the door. I like how naturally. Naturally. Of course, that that's happens what would happen. all the time. Yes. I hate Case worker happens. comes and the baby's gone. Yes. It's okay. <laughs> Just then, Edward and Lila arrive with Alan Jr. in tow. Heather pretends that the child is Jason and wins over the social worker. Alan and Monica are furious to learn of Heather's tricks. Although, I'm sorry, shouldn't a social worker know the difference between a baby and a toddler? I would think so, but I mean, maybe it was a long day. Alan and Monica are stunned to learn from the social worker that Heather was named Jason's foster mother. Later, Heather complains on the phone to Mrs. Bowman regarding that brat, Jason. Alan overhears this and blows up at Heather. Even if she is to be Jason's foster mother, he won't stand for the child's neglect. Heather said that she just got a call from Jeff. Her son, Stephen Lars, is sick with meningitis, and Heather insists on being with her son. Heather decides to leave town to care for her son. Heather calls Jimmy Lee and has him stay with Jason while she is gone. I'm not sure it works that way. Alan is not happy about leaving Jason and holds care, but understands she needs to be with her son. I feel like if you agree to be foster parent, you don't just get to hand the kid off to somebody else. Right. But all right. 
And then in October, Alan and Monica return from a trip to Europe. Alan tells Monica that Heather is not coming back to Port Charles. She is staying in Nevada to care for Stephen Lars. Edward, Alan, Monica, and Jimmy Lee plot to keep the social worker away from Jason. Alan brings Jason home and wants to make it permanent, and Monica will have to just get used to it. Alan and Monica argue over Jason. Monica is on the warpath. She barges into the gatehouse and storms upstairs. Taking all of Jimmy Lee's things, she tosses them all down the stairs. When the social worker shows up and starts to take Alan Jr. away, who she thinks is Jason, because that's who it was last time she was there, Monica tells her she's not going anywhere with her son. Monica has just tossed all of Jimmy Lee's things on the floor and tells him to get out. Urging him to do his worst, Monica throws him out and runs off to get the divorce papers that Tolliver gave him. However, a fire at the university has burned them to ashes. That, like, always always happens. happens. I just, I need those papers and fire. But, you know, whole boxes of clothing of Sunny's, they are fine (laughs) in the fire. Okay. Jimmy Lee hid them between the walls. As a result, Jimmy Lee no longer has a hold on the cues. Mm-hmm. And then in December, Amy raves about a new spa being opened in Port Charles. And when looking at the brochures, she notices that they are looking for investors. Alan does not want to invest in a fat farm for a woman that he can't even get into. Quote him. Wow. I know. Again. Okay. We're going to chalk this up under... And why did we love Alan? You will find out in the 90s, we promise. (laughs) Uh, Monica has stars in her eyes over the idea and and isn't going to accept no for an answer. Alan is on the phone to discuss the investment opportunity with Edward. Monica thinks that he is going to discuss the health spa and she interrupts him repeatedly. And when he starts talking about a strip mall in Washington, D.C., she is irate that he didn't present her idea and they argue about it again. Alan doesn't think it would be a good investment and refuses to consider it. Monica does want to invest and says part of the money they have is hers and she wants a say in how it's invested. He gloats that it is his decision to decide for both of them how it will be invested. Monica insists that she will have a say and she will decide how the money is invested and she promises him come hell or high water, they will be investing in the new spa. Team Monica. Yes. Love a spa. Alan checks into the spa and is impressed by what he learns and asks for additional information. Alan listens as Grant tells Brian that he lost his job. As he mentions that, the owner offered him another job at a different pharmacy. Alan rolls his eyes. He then tells Brian that he will have more time now to volunteer, more eye-rolling. Alan confronts Grant about turning him down a paying job to do volunteer work. Alan tells him that he isn't in the position to be choosy, and he should be grateful for anything that is offered to him. And this was Grant Putnam that was married to Celia. Yes. Alan reminds him that he is taking advantage of the family's generosity and he is living off the family. He tells him that the entire family is tired of Grant's mess and the embarrassment he has caused him. Alan tells him that if he had a shred of integrity, he wouldn't continue to live off the quartermains. Then Monica nurtures a hungover Alan and she's very sweet and he reciprocates and pulls her into his arms to kiss her. Jimmy Lee walks in and laughs. Oh, I think this is when, remember when I said that Alan got drunk in with jimmy lee oh okay and they were drinking so i think this was it where monica nurtures are hungover alan and she was very sweet about it and jimmy lee walks in on them and starts laughing because he wasn't expecting to walk in on the battling quartermains making out on his couch monica is in turn is surprised by the sudden camaraderie and bond between alan and jimmy lee they are very cute together and as they obviously had a great time on jimmy lee's couch the night before alan agrees to invest in the spa 
That's one way to get what you want, Monica. Yep. Back at the mansion, they continue to giggle and laugh together. He asks exactly what he said the night before, and she tells him his rantings of love. They're both glowing in the morning, but their morning is disturbed when Lila comes downstairs and tells them that Edward had vanished during his trip to London, and no one knows where he is. Alan and Monica arrive at General Hospital, and Amy is thrilled to hear that Monica intends on investing in the spa. Amy shows her the articles in the paper about Lorena Sharp, the president of Avalon Company, is coming to town. And Monica is thrilled at her chance to approach them about investing. And then a beautiful woman arrives as a representative for Avalon Spas, and suddenly Alan is very eager to discuss the situation. He takes her down to the cafeteria and listens intently to her pitch. And Monica is not amused to find Alan sitting with her and and suddenly so totally fine with going into the investment after meeting the beautiful sales rep. And on Christmas morning, there was a scene where Alan was playing by the trees with AJ with an electric train. Aww. Aww. I love trains for Christmas. So then in January of 1984, Monica informs Alan and Edward that she is redecorating the East Wing to welcome the visit of her long-lost cousin. Monica gives Alan the cold shoulder treatment since he and Edward object to her bringing her cousin into the house. Alan tries to convince Edward to let Monica have her way and allow her cousin to stay. Isn't it Monica's house, so why do we really need his permission? As we learned in last week's episode, not until Alan dies. But it's enough. But it's still not Edward's. It would be Alan's. Correct. So... Whatever, Edward, zip your lip. In February, Jimmy Lee drives Lorena to the queues where she finally meets her cousin Monica. When Alan demands proof of their relationship, Lorena produces a twin locket to Monica. Over Alan's objections, Monica invites her newfound cousin to move into the mansion. Lorena chats with the queues about Avalon spas. Edward is cordial to her, but puts the whole spa idea down in front of Lorena. Later, Edward and Alan try to convince Monica that Lorena is a gold digger. Mm-mm. Lorena arrives at GH to see Monica. Alan wants to know why she's there. Monica tells him that she's going to lunch with Lorena, and Alan wants to go along too and crashes their party, though Monica tries to discourage him. Leslie interrupts and asks Alan to take over for her in the clinic. After the ladies leave, Alan calls his father to tell him they are getting too chummy and tells him where they are headed. Edward says he will go over there and pump her for info. It's about time they find out how this mystery woman operates. Back at the queues, Lorena, Monica, and Edward return from lunch. Edward hands some paperwork to Alan and suggests they form a board. Lorena disagrees. She wants to maintain control. Well, duh. Of course she does. Yeah. In June, Edward had Monica sign some papers, and when she confronted Alan about it, he avoided it. Turns out it was the sale of the spa. Monica is furious and lashes out at Edward and Alan. Feeling betrayed, Monica decides to move out of the mansion and into a hotel. Monica tells Amy that she separated from Alan and is staying at the Port Charles Hotel. Edward and Alan plead their case, but Monica won't budge. Lorena, meeting with the trio at GH, is informed by Edward that her spa is now merged with the Quartermain chemical plant. Pursuing Monica to her hotel room, Alan grabs his wife in a fury. The two end up making love. All they ever do is hook up after, like, huge fights. They fight just to hook up. Yeah. Like, all the time. You can hook up without fighting. Alan brings over a sad Alan Jr. to Monica's hotel room, hoping to convince his wife to come home. Alan turns up at Monica's hotel room with news that Beatrice is in the hospital. Monica decides to return to the mansion. Alan, Edward, and Monica plotting against Beatrice. Alan then rents a gravity machine to see if Beatrice could really have fallen 
out of one. I do not understand, but I was just so intrigued by that sentence that I had to put it in there. Okay. Because, uh, what? Yeah, Alan, <laughs> Alan runs a gravity machine to see yep. if Beatrice yep. really could have fallen uh-huh. out of one. Yep. Okay, thought maybe I read it wrong the first time. The conclusion is they believe Beatrice tampered with the device and caused it to drop her at the right time that Edward touched it. What? <laughs> but okay, this whole small storyline sounds awesome and like one we need to do our own research on because I need to know what a gravity machine is. But between this, Jimmy Lee, Beatrice, and a few other medical things that pop up occasionally, it seems like Alan wasn't the center of another storyline for a while. Yeah. And then in December at the Quartermain Mansion, Monica snuck into the room of the East Wing, which had been closed off. And Alan Alan followed her into the room and he startles her. They start to bicker and Alan goes to leave only to have the, to find the doorknob is broken. They are stuck inside with no heat and no electricity. They continue to bicker over money, the lack of heat, the lack of electricity. And Monica tells Alan she was trying to save money by shutting it down. They have only, only, only $40 million after Jimmy Lee. Alan starts to warm to Monica, starts to warm Monica's hands and they get closer for body heat. Mm-mm-mm. Monica has an idea. I like this. I know <laughs> of how they can warm up and they fall into bed. Meanwhile, Lila and Edward are in the drawing room discussing the holidays. Is that the den? The drawing room? Sure. Where they hang out? I think so. It would make sense because there's a lot of light in there. Edward is being a Scrooge and claims to hear noises in the East Wing and wants to investigate. <laughs> Lila dissuades him and convinces him to help her send out Christmas cards. Oh, I, like I love that cards. Lila writes her own Christmas cards. Cute. Monica and Alan are having pillow talk and agree that this was new. They had been in a bit of a rut. And they are concerned not only do they not have heat, but no food or water. Who will come looking for them? They get dressed and begin to argue in earnest when they still can't get out. They find a candle and a single match. Alan wants to light the bed on fire and the smoke will bring the fire department. Monica says it will also kill them. Down in the drawing room, Edward and Lila are having a lovely afternoon. Drinking mm-hmm. tea and flirting on the couch. They were so cute when they flirted. Oh she rolled that man. Oh, heck yeah. He... Mm, he was just like crumbled to her. Up in the East Wing, Alan finds food in the nightstand and they jump on it. Ew. <laughs> Alan is suspicious. The food is fresh and Lorena has been gone for months. He suspects a spy may have been camping out and reporting back to Jimmy Lee. Monica tells him that he's paranoid and the door opens and the boys, Alan Jr. and Jason, come in and they are surprised to see each other. The boys tell their parents that this is their secret Aww. hideaway to play. And did they come up here to play too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the drawing room, Edward is making martinis and suggesting he take advantage of Lila. Oh, is that like we should take advantage of this quiet afternoon? I would guess so. Uh-huh. Then Alan, Monica, and the boys walk in. Lila tells them they look stressed and they should find a quiet place and spend the day alone, just like she and Edward did. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of 1984. I feel like every year is just going to be Monica and Alan fight, Monica and Alan hook up, Monica and Alan fight some more. Like, that's their whole relationship. Right. So we're going to end there. And then next week we will finish the 80s. Yes. Promise, promise, promise. <laughs> but just thought that was a really sweet little place to end. I just love it. They all had life. nice days. Yeah. You guys should just, oh, I can just picture her saying it. And the boys saying, are you playing too? Like, this is our little high I know. Oh I need gosh. to go. I did not watch any of these videos for this, these two years. I want to see this. I want to see AJ and Jason walking in on them as kids. Yes. So 
so cute. Because they were sore ass guys. Oh, I think yeah. we've discussed this. Yes. Yes. But no idea about that whole spa thing. Like, what happened to it? Why did it not take off? I'm getting I the impression was, that Lorena was a scam artist. I'm sure that it was the way that, or that she was the way that it said this. But when they first started talking about it, I thought it was going to be that workout center. Remember whenever we talked about seeing yes. Anna and yes. Felicia and them and their outfits and it was totally 80s outfits. But oh my yes. God, they looked amazing. And Richard Simmons? Yes. Yes. I thought that that was going to be the spa. Okay. It was like a spa workout yeah. center, but apparently not. I'm sure. Cause I guess the Metro court has the spa. Cause we know that from who went to the spa at the Metro court. Willow went there for the day, right? Yes. I think so. Yes. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that was part two of the beginning of the eighties. So we don't know how many weeks this is actually going to take <laughs> us to do Alan because every week just seems to get more and more interesting. But join us on Monday as we talk about this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to peer54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Peer 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>